I am super proud of everyone and all the hard work that everyone's doing. I'm hearing good reports about people's lives changing, their thought processes changing, and, and it is wonderful. And this is what it's all about, is just helping us learn how to think differently, teaching our mind how to behave and how to think differently, um, taking charge of depression and anxiety that we battle with. Um, you wouldn't be here unless you battled a little bit, unless you're just coming to, to see what it's all about. And it's okay. It's okay that, um, that we struggle. Uh, we're human, and we're going to struggle. Somebody's going to struggle in a different way than you, but if you're struggling with depression and anxiety, whether it's episodes, whether it's been severe for years, whatever it is, God understands. He's not mad at you, and he loves you, and he's doing this seminar for all of us to get help in so we can change because he cares about our mental state, our emotional state, our spiritual state, our physical state. He cares about the whole entire being. So tonight we're going to learn about the brain. I'm really excited about this. The brain is super interesting. It's very complex and it's very beautiful. Put your hands together like this. And this is how big your brain is. They say that a guy's brain is bigger than a lady's brain. Doesn't mean they're smarter. It just... Because they're usually a bigger person, their brain is bigger. But this is about the size of your own personal brain. So, um, so why are we going to talk about the brain tonight? Why is that important? Because the brain receives messages from the thoughts that we think, and it talks to the rest of the body. Whatever we think communicates to the brain and that communicates to the body. We want the communication between the mind and body to be good so we can feel good emotionally and physically. So the information I'm gonna to share tonight, uh, most of it is from Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she's amazing. On your resource page, I have some YouTube videos that I highly recommend that you watch. She is a spirit-filled neuroscientist. And so she has some amazing things that she brings out, and I'm going to share a lot of her information. Uh, she's a lot smarter than me about the brain. And so knowledge is power. Has anybody ever heard that saying, knowledge is power? The more good things that we put into our minds, the more we benefit in our lives. The more knowledge you put into your mind about conquering depression by learning tools, reading books that I've recommended, watching YouTube videos, practicing strategies, all of this, you are developing and establishing a new mindset. And you are going to feel more and more empowered as time goes on. Now, some of you may be practicing this and you're like, ooh, this is hard, this is a struggle. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't come natural for us to change our mind. Our mind naturally goes toward the negative. It's very hard to put our minds toward the positive. But as time goes on, your feelings will catch up with what you're doing. Right now, you just keep doing what you're doing. You keep establishing uh, this new mindset, practicing, developing these tools and these strategies in your lives, and your feelings will catch up. It's okay that you don't feel it yet. We, we base too much on our feelings and our emotions. Our emotions can deceive us. Our feelings can deceive us. But in time, once your mind starts changing, your feelings are like, oh, yeah, 
This is, this is working. This feels right. This feels good. And then it catches up. Our brain was made to gain knowledge. God made us that way. He made us to gain knowledge and to increase in knowledge. We have room to store knowledge in our brain. And the more knowledge we gain, the actual structure of our brain changes. This is known science. This is powerful. So by you attending the seminar and gaining knowledge, you are literally improving the thought life cognitively. You're teaching your mind how to behave, and you're actually changing the structure of your brain by improving it because you're doing something good for it. Now, you're not going to make it like, but inside there, it can change, it can maneuver, it can, it can uh, develop, it can become more healthy, or it can become more toxic. Whatever we do with our mind is what happens to the brain. Now, we don't actually think about our brain too much. I don't go around every day thinking about my brain. Just like every day I don't go around thinking about my pinky toe, or my ear, or my belly button. This is not the stuff that we normally think about, right? Until I stub my toe... Then I think about my baby toe. Or maybe if I walk into a wall and I hit my ear, then I'll think about my ear. I don't normally think about all the parts of my body every day. But when you're depressed and you're anxious, you're going to have to think about your brain. Your mind, the way you think, is affecting your brain, which affects how you feel your body. By gaining knowledge of how to deal with depression, it helps your brain, which helps your life. And this is what you guys are doing. I'm so proud of you. Proverbs 15, 14. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. That is a powerful scripture. A wise person says, I want help. I want to change. I want to get as much knowledge in my life. But the fool just says, mm-mm. I'm just going to stay the way I am. And a fool will give up. Do you realize that most people, by Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she says that most people, when they're learning something new, by day four, they usually stop. It's like you get excited, you get going, and then you're like, I can't do it. And then you start backing up. But you have to keep pushing yourself, keep gaining knowledge. Proverbs 18 says, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. You and I were created as thinking beings. God created us that way, to think with our mind. We think. He doesn't program our thoughts. We think our thoughts. It goes along with free will. And the brain was made to capture what the mind tells it to do and what to believe. A lot of times we think our brain controls us. Actually, it's not that way. Your thoughts control your brain. Now, there are situations where the brain is actually uh, damaged. Those are exceptions. I'm talking about the normal, healthy person. Your battle with depression and my former battle with depression was not a product of the function of our brain. I used to think that. But it's actually the product of our thought life. Your brain responds to what you think. So as you're thinking, your brain is making a structure. You're thinking, you're thinking right now. 
And what's happening is your brain is making a structure with the knowledge you're gaining, and it kind of resembles a tree. It's wiring little branches. If you watch the videos, you'll see them. She shows, she shows them on there. We have little trees-like figures, structures in our brain, and when we're thinking, and then we got knowledge we gain, it starts having connections, little branches. We grow thoughts. We actually grow thoughts. Grow branch-like structures. There are 75 to 100 trillion cells in your body. Why do I need to know all this? Because if you don't realize what you're doing to your brain, you're, you're not going to realize what you're doing to your body and to your behavior. We need to realize that the mind and the body are totally connected and we got to treat our mind right so our brain can be treated right, so our bodies can be treated right. Every decision that you make and I make by the way we think impacts cells, all those cells, those trillion of cells. Whatever we think, whatever decision we make in our minds, in our thought process, it impacts those cells instantaneously. At quick speed, you think a thought, and it just, it, it sends messages all throughout your cells of your body. Mind-body connection. It's so amazing what the Lord has done. Our bodies are amazing. Our thought process is amazing. Our brain is amazing. Each one of us process the events and circumstances we face in day-to-day -day life. Every day. Whatever you go through, whatever you go through, whatever Andrew goes through, Emily, everybody, Tina, everybody in here. Whatever we go through day-to-day -day life, we're processing all of that, our circumstances, every day, every day, every day. Our job issues, our relationship issues, our spiritual issues, our self-image issues, issues of loss, maybe through a job, maybe through a relationship, maybe through death or, or health. Some people lose their health. Their health is declining. That's an issue that you have to deal with and you have to process in your mind. Issues of addictions, all kinds of things. And right now, I want you to think about your life. Think about your week or past week, the weekend. Think about your life and your day-to-day -day issues. This is how you process thought in you. This is how you, we process it all. First, we have a thought, moment-to-moment -moment thoughts about our stuff. And then we feel an emotion. And after that, we make a choice about what we just thought. We choose to believe the thought or not to believe the thought. We think, we feel, we choose. Say it together. We think, we feel, we choose. And faster than the speed of light. This is known by science. This is research. Faster than the speed of light. You think, you feel a thought, you feel it. And then you choose, do I believe this? Do I not believe this? Faster than the speed of light. It all happens quickly. Like those automatic negative thoughts that we talked about before. They zoom faster than the speed of light. As soon as you make a choice, whether it's good or whether it's bad, something changes in your brain. A structure. Those little branches, whether you think a good thought or a bad thought, there's a structure change, and then it automatically affects your body. You and I have a thought, we feel an emotion, 
We choose to believe it or not, and then our body responds to that thought faster than the speed of light. Have you noticed that when you're having unhealthy, toxic thoughts, self-hate, unforgiveness, then you can start developing headaches. You can start having stomach issues. You can have tension in your shoulders, your neck, rapid heartbeat, fatigue, brain fog, high blood pressure, all these things. Ulcers, anxiety attacks, and you can even develop diseases. Anybody ever experienced any of those? I sure have. By ongoing, negative, fearful, depressing, lying thoughts that we choose to believe, our body responds to what we just thought. Have you ever been highly stressed? I uh, was just with, with somebody recently, and something happened, a stressful event, and you could see all over them in just moments. Their face went white. They had low energy. Their stress was high. You could see it all over them. Why? Because the stress, there's a thought there, created an emotion. A thought created an emotion. That emotion made us have a choice, that person have a choice, and they chose fear, scared. And then their body responded. We've all done it. We've all done it. Our detrimental negative thoughts can create an imbalance actually in the chemicals in our body. Just by our thought process, the chemicals in our body can be totally whacked out. All those trillions of cells are impacted by our thoughts. The more I learn about this, the more I just want to treat myself so much better. I want to even respect God more. But, you know, sometimes we don't think about all this and we don't know. That's why it's good to gain knowledge. Gain knowledge. And then you know, then you can practice and change When we have healthy, fruitful thoughts, those good, positive thoughts, those controlled thoughts, we start calming ourselves down. Yeah, maybe we went to, we zoomed into high gear of stress. We all do that. But as soon as we realize we made a stressful decision and we were impacted by that, we can start bringing ourselves back down. And then we can start feeling our body changing that. But when we have self-compassion and we have forgiveness for ourselves and for others, correct perception of God, positive thoughts that are good and empowering and life-giving, then we start to experience relaxed muscles, calmness in our body, more clarity in our mind, creativity flows. Have you ever noticed that? When you're just life, you feel like life is going good for a while, then Your body responds to that, and you feel much more calm. Thoughts that you and I think are real. They're a real thing. They're not just like little vapors that just got, you see them, they're gone. They're just in between our ears. There's just these thoughts that we just, they're not tangible to us. But actually in our brain, they occupy space in our brain. Actual real estate in our brain. They stay there. But what's amazing is we can change them. They don't have to stay the same. 
We can replace them. Remember the first week and I had a little file folder thing that I held up and I took out what I had written down as a negative thought. I put in a new thought in there, a new piece of paper with a positive thought. That's what we can do in our minds. We're not stuck in this depressing, negative anxiety state, but we can actually restructure our mind and fill up what used to be the space of negativity and toxic thoughts with positive, empowering thoughts. They can be replaced. See, God is so amazing. He gave us free will. He says, here's your brain, here's your your mind, here's your heart, here's your body. Now be responsible with it. And then we can actually change the structure of our brain by just thinking thoughts like he wants us to think, like the Bible promotes. You know, um, this is what I thought recently. You know, men wrote the Bible, as we know. God chose men to write the Bible. And it was probably on purpose. I'm being a little funny here. It's probably on purpose because if I wrote the Bible, if I wrote a chapter, let's say I wrote the book of Stephanie, okay? And like the book of James. I love the book of James, but we'll call it the book of Stephanie. And he explained stuff in there. Then whatever he explained, you know, the guys give highlights, right? I'm going to pick on the guys but guys give highlights. They just give bullet points. Well, for me, I want, I want a list. I want to know it all. You give me the details. I'm going to give you the details. So if I wrote the Bible, the book of Stephanie, it would have been so long. Because <laughs> how they explain how you're supposed to think in the Bible, Philippians, whoever wrote Philippians, I think Paul wrote Philippians 4.8, about whatever you're supposed to think, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, Well, he just hit the highlights. No, I would have explained, this is how you think a true thought. Boom, 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 boom. And then I would have gone on to the next part. And the Bible would have been four or five times bigger than it is now if women wrote the Bible. But sometimes you just don't, you know, the Bible promotes how to think. And it's exactly the way God wants it. I'm just making a joke. But sometimes breaking that down is a little hard. How do you break it down to really put it into day-to-day life? And that's where I think God has given people so much knowledge that they can share it with all of us. He's gifted people with some knowledge, and then they share it. We gain knowledge, and then we figure out, oh, this is how to do it. He all has a plan. He just has a plan with it all. You can tell how you're thinking. How's your body been feeling lately? A lot of fatigue? Have rapid heartbeat? You feel washed out? You feel exhausted? You feel... Ooh, just jittery, just, oh, you just feel like you're shaking inside. Well, it's because of how you've been thinking. I mean, there are some, some real health issues that will make you feel bad. But if you're overall healthy, we kind of know when we're really stressed, really depressed, very anxious, and we can, we can feel it in our body. Think about how have you been feeling. And what's so amazing about God is that we can change this, how we feel, by restructuring our brain by changing our thoughts, teaching them how to behave. You behave. This is how you're going to behave. If there's a distortion in the brain, it can actually be restructured. It's called neuroplasticity. It means the ability of the brain to form and reorganize synaptic connections, especially in response to learning or experience, or following an injury. This is phenomenal. Your brain, God made your brain like this, to form and reorganize. Have you ever had a cluttered room, a messy room, a messy closet, a messy 
kitchen, messy bedroom, and then you go and you reorganize it all, and you're like, ooh, this feels good. Because when you walked in there before, you just felt like, oh my gosh, this is driving me crazy. But when you reorganize, this is how it is for your brain. We have the ability to reorganize it so we can feel like, ah, oh, I said, I can handle life. I can, I can be in control of how I feel, how I think, and my body, how it's responding. Did you notice, especially in response to learning, this is what we're doing. We're learning, and this is going to make all the difference. You don't have to stay how you are. Your mind can change. Dr. Leaf says that each person is a neuroplastician. We just learned neuroplasticity, where the brain has the ability to change and reorganize when you learn or by experience. But she says that each person is a neuroplastician. That means I change my brain. It's in my control. Beth can't change my brain. Archie can't change my brain. It's my brain. They can influence my life and then how I respond to their influence, how I respond to their influence. See what I'm saying there? Then it can affect my brain, how I respond to Beth. It's how we choose to respond. But we have the ability to change the structure of our own brain by the way we think. It's our gift from God. What a powerful gift he has put in our hands. Powerful gift. Because he gives us free will, we get to choose how we think. Colossians 4.22, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. What a beautiful scripture. And be constantly renewed. It doesn't say God constantly renews your mind. It's talking about us. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. That means that we do this continually, constantly. We don't stop the process. Once the seminar is over, we have one more week. We don't stop just because I'm not going to be up here every Monday of your life encouraging you and inspiring you and, and feeding you things, the knowledge that I've gained and I practice in my own life. Just because I'm not going to be a part of all that, you got to keep going. Just like I have to keep going. I have to do this too. We have to refresh, recharge, rejuvenate, repair, restore our minds. We ask God, help us. Because his Holy Spirit will do that. But we have to reach out to say, help us. Once we say that, he locks arms with us and he begins to help us in the process. But until we say, help us, he is not going to come along and just... Put those positive thoughts in your mind every day. It's free will. It's our choice. And we have to work hard at it. Our brain is at the mercy of our thoughts. Wow. What an idea of that. Your brain is at the mercy of your thoughts. So we need to take care of our thoughts so we have good, healthy thoughts that communicate to our brain Making structures in our brain, those little branches, we want those branches to grow, to be healthy, and then the brain will communicate with the body, and we have the feeling of well-being. Now, this is amazing here, the next part. Research shows that 75 to 98% of illnesses come from our thought life. What? 
That is unbelievable. This is by research. This is by known by science. 75 to 98% of illnesses come from our thought life, our mental state. Of course, there are some things that are out of our control that happen, but there are other things, heart attacks, diabetes. There's a lady that I know. She did not know how to deal with stress well. She's a Christian woman. She's a pastor's wife. She's been a Christian all her life. But she did not know how to process stress well. And because she didn't, she had a lot of family issues. And because she didn't know how to process it well, it affected her body so bad she, began, she uh, developed diabetes in her 40s. And it wasn't the kind of diabetes that's hereditary. They told her it was diabetes from stress. And so because she was in that particular circumstance, she realized she had to think differently. So she began changing her entire thought life. She began treating her body so well, exercising constantly. She's in her 60s now. This was in her 40s. She doesn't even look like she's in her 60s. She looks so young because now she has learned how to change her thought process, and she's changed her entire life. She's so healthy, and her well-being is so good. But because she didn't know how to handle stress, she developed a disease from her thought life. We can do that to ourselves. It's unbelievable. Strokes, all kinds of things that we can do to ourselves. So we have to learn how to take care of our mind, which takes care of our brain, which tells our brain, our brain tells our body, feel impacting all those trillions of cells in our body. Healthy thoughts improve the way our bodies function and it helps our behavior. Has anybody ever heard of hypochondriasis? Hypochondria? We say that person's a hypochondriac. We've all probably done that a little bit in our life. A person who is abnormally anxious about their health and the mind often centers on imaginary physical ailments. They bring drama to their body. Have you ever heard of somebody who has created this idea that they're pregnant and they're not? Someone just recently told me about this. This is a a real person who had this happen in their life. And they actually developed symptoms of pregnancy. And they were not even ever pregnant. Because their mind took over and told their brain, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And the brain started reacting like a pregnant woman. I'll be real honest about my own life. It was years ago that um, I went to the doctor, and the doctor was uh, a normal checkup. And so then I had to go get some blood work done and stuff like that. So when I went to get blood work, they said, the doctor said that you need blah, blah, blah test because there could be something wrong. Well, the doctor didn't tell me that. I had no idea. So as soon, soon as these people were telling me that, my mind went crazy. So then that area of my body that the, they said the doctor was concerned about, just concerned, not saying I had anything. Then all of a sudden, that area of my body began to feel a lot of pain and pressure because I created it, because I was worried about it. And there was actually found out there was nothing wrong with me. See how we can do that to ourselves? There are some people, I felt this very distinctly from God. He said, talk about this. This part, put this in here. So obviously, someone may be dealing with it more than 
just a casual, like somebody's got a flu and then all of a sudden you feel like you're coughing and you feel like you're going to get the flu. We all have done that too. But God doesn't want us to be in that state where we're fearful of getting sick, that we have this fear that we start developing issues when there's not any because we're so fearful that we're going to get sick or get a disease or get cancer and we're going to die. He doesn't want us to be tormented like that. So we have to really work on our minds to stop those thoughts, replace them with, I am healthy, I am strong, I am okay, I'm not going to die, I'll be all right, and not try to think that just because you heard someone has throat cancer, then you go home that night, you're checking your throat, you're looking down in the mirror, you're thinking, oh man, I, I know I have a knot down there. See what I'm saying? We can torment ourselves. And God does not want us living in that state of mind. He really wants us to have a whole mind. And that is a bad negative habit that we can do and we can start and it can be changed. Right? Every thought we have can be changed. We do not have to be stuck anywhere in our mind. We can change our thoughts. We can develop new thoughts, a new healthy way of thinking. But we have to relay the right ones to our minds. We can choose balcony thoughts. I mentioned this a little bit last week. Balcony thoughts, which are positive, healthy, strong, truthful, empowering thoughts. Or we can choose basement thoughts. Those negative, unhealthy, weak, lying, enslaving thoughts. We make the choice. Our brain can think faith, balcony thoughts, or we can think fear, basement thoughts. And it's completely up to us what we choose to think. And remember, it all happens at the speed, faster than the speed of light. We make choices. We think, we feel, and we choose. We think, we feel, we choose constantly. They can be bold thoughts, or they can be very subtle. Sometimes Sometimes they, the fear thoughts, the basement thoughts can be so subtle, we don't even realize they're really there, but they're there. Pay attention how your body is acting and feeling. Pay attention how you deal with people. Pay attention to your temper. Pay attention to how you, your self-worth. It could be subtle, but those basement thoughts can be there. In Deuteronomy 30, God speaks to his people about how they need to make a choice. You can, he's saying you can choose life or you choose death. Now, it's not like an immediate death. It's kind of more like an ongoing destruction. You choose life, you choose death. He says, make a choice. Which one are you going to choose? And then he says, oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. That's what God said. He wanted them. He, get, he gives the choice. He gives this choice. We can have life thoughts, faith thoughts, which are life-giving or we can have death thoughts, those ongoing destructive thoughts, thoughts of fear. The choice is up to us. And he's saying, choose life. Where do we make choices? In the mind. All of our choices are made in the mind. We have a thought. We think we feel, we think we feel with an, has a, have an emotion, and then we make a choice. But as we're doing this, we're thinking, feeling, and choosing. It cycles through the heart. Before we make a choice, that real choice, it filters through the heart. The mind and the heart are connected. They're in relationship. If you want to do a great study, 
study about the mind and the heart, and you'll see scriptures how they're so connected. It's amazing. Some people even think that your mind is actually your heart, what we consider the heart, the core of you. Matthew 15, 19 says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts. Where, does the, where did it come from? Your heart. But I thought your mind is what thinks thoughts. You know why? Because it filters through the heart. Before we make a choice, it goes on for adultery and fornication and all these lists of things in this scripture in Matthew 15. It's because it's in the heart. And so when we filter our thought, our emotion quickly goes through the heart, comes back up to our brain, and then we make a choice. Fast, fast. God built a conscience inside each of us so we wouldn't self-destruct. He put in there this guiding tool each one of us have so we don't totally ruin our lives. But he puts that in there to say, eh, no, mm-mm, don't, don't back up. No, don't do that. We all have it. We can listen to it or we can totally ignore it because once again, it's free will. Our God has given us this gift of free will. It's up to us what we want to do, whether we want to listen to that guiding tool or whether we want to ignore it. It communicates with us all the time. But do you realize it can be so seared that it doesn't even work? We can sear it where it just stops talking to us, stops guiding us. You are the manager of your own mind. I am the manager of my own mind. I manage it. God is, he's in control of my body. I mean, if he wants me to die at this moment, he can make me die. If he wants me to live to 100, he'll let me live to 100. This body is not my own. Everybody's body is not their own, whether they believe in God or not. That is beyond, it, it doesn't even matter if you believe in God. If you curse God, it doesn't matter. He's in control of the body, whether it dies or lives. But while we have this body on earth, while we're walking on earth, smaller than a speck of dust in this universe, we think we're so bad sometimes. And we are non-existent, truly. But he gives us this power to say, I made you. I am in control of everything. But you get to manage yourself. What a huge responsibility we have to manage our own mind, to manage our own body, to manage our own behavior. What a fair God we have. We're not robots. We're not puppets. He's fair, totally fair with us. So think about a manager and what a manager does. They make decisions. They make plans. They work hard for their company, for their employees. They're trying to make the department successful. They're managing their Walmart or DSW or whatever. And they're the managers. They're trying to make sure everything's organized, everything's working properly. They're trying to do the best for everything. And if they're managing poorly, then they're going to be unsuccessful. But if they manage well, they'll be successful. And that's the same with us. We can manage our bodies successfully our minds, our brain, our body, or we can manage it poorly. It's completely up to us. When I was a teenager and I began struggling 
with anxiety and depression. There was a lot going on around my life, a lot of dysfunction, uh, which influenced me, had a lot of issues within myself, and I did not know how to process thought. I mean, I didn't even know. I didn't know how to process all this horrible anxiety I was feeling. I lost so much weight as a teenager, cried all the time. I mean, I went from an A to an F, just like that in biology. Started out good in my freshman year and life flipped within six weeks and I got an F and I just didn't know how, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was so, I'm struggling so bad and I was a Christian. I would only been in church a couple years and I mean, I loved God. I was crazy about God. I mean, it was, it was the best thing that happened to me, but I was in a human condition of dysfunction. I didn't know how to process what I was going through. So in my teen years, I started this process of through fear and through negativity and through sadness. Went to my pastor. He wasn't sure what to do with me. <laughs> back then, you didn't have counseling. It was kind of looked down upon back then when I was a teenager, back in the 80s. It was looked down on to like, you know, reach out and get help outside of the ministry. And he didn't know what to do with me. My parents didn't know what to do with me. I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, because it's embarrassing when you're dealing with anxiety and depression. You don't know what to do with it. And it's kind of embarrassing and very obsessive, had so much uh, ruminating thoughts. And even though I loved God with every fiber of my being, I had his spirit. Somehow through all of this dysfunction, I developed a wrong perception of God because I felt like, like he was saying, you should be getting it together. You are saved. Why are you, why are you struggling like this? I felt like he was, he was coming across like that. It was so wrong. It was such a wrong perception. And I loved God, but I feared God in a terror way too. And so when I developed all this because of my dysfunction in my life, my environment around me was dysfunctional. And it developed a dysfunction in me because I processed it incorrectly. I didn't know how to process it. And so it just began to trickle into many of my adult years. I just filtered everything through fear. I filtered everything through negativity. I was harsh on myself. Oh, so, so harsh on myself. And then I began to like, I got to get help. I got to get help. I began getting knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and reaching out and reading and, and asking for help and getting a program, putting myself through it. And God, through the years, he just began healing me more and more. And layers began to come off. And he began showing me more and more how to change my thoughts. And I began prog progressing more and more and more because that's what he does. He brings wholeness when you reach out. And I wanted it. And finally... Uh, a minister's wife, I opened up and talked to her, and she cho totally flipped my thinking about God, about how he gives you a process, about how I was perceiving God as an authority in my life. I perceived him, God, harshly because this authority in my life was very harsh, and so I perceived God like that person. And then it all just began to unravel in a beautiful way, and I began to be more and more whole because I was learning how to think properly. And then came the day where I was like, God, I'm getting so far with all this and it's so wonderful, but I just need a little bit more help over the hump. 
I just knew I needed a little bit more of a push. And I went to church one day. I was actually a pastor's wife at this time, my former church. And I went that day, and I should have been praying with people in the altar and everything, but Stephanie had a need. I had to get help for Stephanie that day. And I just went to the altar, and I worshipped God so deeply, so deeply. People were praying for me. They had no idea. They had no idea what I was going through because I was pretty much a silent sufferer. Someone came and prayed for me, and they were speaking in tongues so strongly, and I knew that they were in intercession and spiritual warfare for me. Even though I had no idea what they were saying, I knew that God was having them intercede for me. I was in a battle, and I worshipped God with every fiber of my being. I mean, so deeply. Not the normal, I mean deep. And then something literally detached from me, and my life has been completely changed. God is amazing. And God wants to bring wholeness to every single one of you. It's a journey. It's a process. But there's victory. Total, complete victory. Wholeness. So many of our thoughts can be fear-based. And we, sometimes we just don't really realize how to process our thoughts. That's why God gives knowledge. He gives the basis of the, the word of God and then he gives men knowledge to know how to explain it a little bit deeper. And then we gain this knowledge. We take these scriptures. We depend on God. We work hard. Wholeness happens. But fear, basement thoughts that we can have. Now, when we read in the Bible about fearing God, realize it is not fear like terror. Be afraid of him. It's reverence. In the normal fear, it means terror. It means thoughts of like being so afraid and frightened. Some people won't leave their homes because they're terrified. They won't drive a car because they're terrified. I can't. I won't. What if? All these kind of thoughts come to us. Fear basement thoughts. We have to pay attention. Am I thinking a fear thought that makes my body respond or am I thinking a faith-based balcony thought, higher thought, that makes me, our, my body respond in a calm, controlled way? So what, what God's going to do, and I, I feel this in the spirit, he's unraveling some wound-up thoughts that you've had probably for years. Have you ever seen, like, um, yarn that's just all raveled up? Or rubber bands that are all raveled up, and, and then you just take them apart, piece by piece, and I believe he's working on layers on people's lives. He's, he's starting to pull back a layer. He's not going to pull them all back at once because we would just fall apart and we'd be noodles. We can't take it all at once. We can't in our human condition. We can't see ourselves and see life all at one thing. We, we can't handle it. So he'll take a layer back and he'll make you whole. And he'll take another layer back and he'll make you whole. And then he'll take another layer back. He'll do it in a process of how it's going to make you whole. And he'll do it slowly, gently, kindly. So I want you to think about your life, your thoughts that are affecting your behavior. Timid, holding you back, withdrawing yourself from God and from others, avoiding certain places, cowering back, lacking courage. These, this is what fear does to us. 
Is your thoughts expressing faith, faith-empowering thoughts of courage, in the sense of, of courage, of confidence, of hope, of love and kindness? That's what I mean by faith, faith kind of thoughts. We have these basement thoughts that keep us trapped. Remember, we think, we feel, we choose, and it filters through our heart. And is it basement Fearful thoughts, intimidating thoughts, negative perceptions of God kind of thoughts, or is our thoughts a confidence toward God, towards ourself? Do you realize he wants you to feel confident? We can have God confidence. I I taught at ladies' conference in Indiana about God confidence because for years I had no confidence in myself at all. I was extremely insecure. And God began to teach me that my confidence, I can depend, my identity is in him. And so he's a confident God. And because he's confident, I can be confident. Because I'm made in his image. So I can be confident. Not self-confident, arrogant. But my self-confidence is all on God. And he wants us to have faith in ourselves. Faith in our circumstances. Balcony thoughts. Raising our thoughts higher. When you're on a balcony, you can look out and you can see everything, the beauty. You have such a different view, a different outlook, a different perception. But when you're in the basement, it's dark and it's kind of scary. Not a nice basement where there's like ping pong tables and hockey, air hockey and all that. I'm talking about basement, cross space. Nobody wants to be down there and God doesn't want our thoughts down there. And he's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unravel them, and you're going to start feeling them. I'm speaking by the Spirit. You're going to start feeling them unravel. He's going to start unwinding them gently, kindly, tenderly. And he's going to put some, some salve, some balm on there. Start making you better. Some oil, some wine he's going to pour on there. And then you're going to start feeling, ooh, feeling better. God's doing something. And then he's going to bring back another layer. It's going to be uncomfortable again. That's what he does in my life. I am glad he doesn't do all the layers at one time. And then he pulls it back. And he starts saying, hmm, not thinking right directly here about this. Start working. Starts putting that salve, healing you, making you whole. And I believe that he's going to do that. When you're at home, I want you to write on your paper two fear-based thoughts that you have about a circumstance, a situation, your own self, your own insecurities, whatever. Two fear-based thoughts when you get home that are personal for you. And then I want you to write two faith-based thoughts. Turn them around and put some faith in there. Hardships are going to come. Hardships are here. I'm sure every one of us could say there's some kind of hardship in our life. Whether we want to be secret about it or not, we do have them. And you know what? I adore, I love people who are real and transparent and can be brave. Because if you pretend you're perfect, I can't identify with you. My life is not roses and peaches and cotton candy, and it hasn't been. And I know some people have rougher times in life and some people have easier times in life. That's okay. But as long as you can admit you're struggling somewhere, I can identify with you. 
But if you are acting perfect, I just, mm, you put a bad taste in my mouth. Because I want real. I want you to be even, if you could just say, I'm dealing with pride. Oh, give me a high five. I've been there. Yep, me too. Give me something. And we all feel that way. We all want somebody to say, I get you. Because I've been there. Oh, yeah, I said that cuss word, and I shouldn't have. I'm a Christian, and I said that cuss word. See what I'm saying? Be real. Be real. Remove the mask of perfection and like, I'm okay. You're a mess, but I'm okay. You've got to remove that mask. And we can just say, you know what? I'm a mess. You're a mess. i got a kindred spirit. But God loves us, and he's going to change us. So let's try our best to get out of the basement and stay out of the basement. There's a, a quote on your paper. It says, courage is the door that has to be opened from the inside. Someone on the outside can't do it for you. That means you've got to be courageous to take the stand to change your mind, to change your brain, and to make yourself feel good. we got to take courage and do this. Not just today, not just next week, but on and on and on. Let's say our mantra together on your paper, the last part. Depression is what I feel. It's not who I am. I am strong, I am brave, I am dealing with and will conquer depression. I will be compassionate with myself through this process. My reward will be a calm, sound, healthy mind. With God's help, I can do this.